If you're ready for the word of God, give me a big shout out, amen. Come on now. We welcome our online audience, those who are watching online. We, we thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's one thing to, to watch online. It's another thing to be in the house. And so if you're ever in our area, we invite you to come in, be our guest. We would love to have you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, wherever you are at around the world. Today, we're starting a new series called The Good News. The Good News. How many people are tired of hearing bad news? Anybody? Come on now, be honest. How many people are tired of hearing bad news? Uh, Everywhere we look, there's bad news. It's doom and gloom. It's bad news. Things aren't getting better. And I, I made a effort approximately six months ago, eight months ago, that I had to take a break from the news. I, I had to quit watching, watching the national news because it was so negative and it would get me riled up and it get my, my feelings going in a way. And I just said, God, I, I've got to take a break from that. I, I still keep up with the headlines, but I, I quit watching the national news because it just got to where I felt like it was propaganda to get me upset. And it was working. It was working. And it, it works with you because I see your posts on Facebook all the time. You know, something I, I've seen that, you know, that for, every 17, uh, for every 17 negative stories the news puts out, there's, they put out one positive story. So for every one positive, there's 17 negative that they're reported on. Why? Because bad news sells. There's a saying, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> because bad news sells. Bad news drives ratings. People upset. People watch to see what they're upset about or to see if someone's agreeing with them, uh, keeping us in all this great turmoil going on. L- let me tell you this. If you are a follower of, follower of Jesus, your life should be powered by the bad news, right? No, 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 no. Just the opposite. If you're a follower of Jesus, your life should be powered by the good news, the good news. And the good news is all about Jesus. The good news is all about Jesus. The word gospel, if you hear people say, we're going to share the gospel, we're going to talk about the gospel, let's read the gospel. The word gospel simply translate the good news. That's what the word means. Gospel means good news. And I think there's no other book in the Bible that really translates and really focuses on this good news than the book of Romans. And so over this series, we're going to dive right into the book of Romans. We're going to unpack it. We're going to look at it from different angles and study the verses and see what this good news is all about and how it affects my life. So today we're going to do it. Are you ready for that? The good news is this. The good news is that evil and bad news doesn't have the final say-so in my life. I think you need to hear this. But Jesus has the final say-so in my life. That means when I hear bad news, it doesn't destroy me. It doesn't have control of me because as a follower of Jesus, Jesus ultimately has the final word in my life. And so therefore, bad news doesn't have control of my life. Jesus has control of my life. Bad news is temporary for the follower Bad news is temporary, but the good news of Jesus is eternal. It does not change. It is something we stand solid on. And Jesus cannot be defeated. We know this. That's the good news. Jesus cannot be defeated. 
Our world, our friends are all looking for good news. They all are looking for hope. They're looking for answers. And we have it. It's called the good news of the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. He's the only one who can bring change. He's the only one that can change our world. He's the only one that can change society. He's the only one that can bring change to your life. And that's the good news is that he can and he will, if you allow him, change your life. We have the good news and it fuels hope. When you have the good news, it builds up hope in your life. It builds up faith in your life. So Paul writes and lays out the good news to the Roman church. We get to have insight and read it for ourselves and see how it applies to us as followers of Jesus. Let's go right to our opening text in Romans, the very first chapter of Romans, verses 3 and 4. And look at how he says it. This is a New Living Translation, and I like how it reads. It says, the good news... Is about Jesus, his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we see something happening here. The good news is about this, that Jesus was born. And Paul's laying out the whole theology right here. Jesus was born from earthly parents, according to the lineage of David. But he was shown to be the son of God. And the reason why it's important, because remember, Caesar is leading Rome. And this letter was to the Rome church. And Caesar, they would say to him titles like this. He's, he's like the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He has so much power, people were trying to call him the Son of God. So you understand Paul's theology in writing this letter to them is that, yes, Jesus came. He was born of natural parents, but he was shown. Not rumored to be, not just some title somebody's throwing out to him, but he was proven shown to be the son of God when he died he raised again raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit this is Jesus so Paul challenges us to do some things number one write this down he challenges us to accept the good news we must accept the good news now have you ever had somebody come to you and say I've got some good news and I got some bad news which one do you want first what do you say? Bad, right? That's the way I am too. Give me the bad news first and then lift me back up with the good news. So Paul, he takes the same approach in his letter to Rome. He takes the same approach. He, he begins to share the bad news first. And let me just kind of give it to you in a nutshell, an overview. This is the bad news that he shares. First of all, he says, we abandoned God. He goes, we rebelled. We thought we could do it better than God. We thought our way was better than his way. We thought our rules were better than his rules. And so we abandoned God. We rebelled against God. And so finally, God released us. He released us to our own selfish desires. Have you ever had a child who you were trying to teach something and they would not learn it? So finally you said, all right, I'm gonna let you live with the consequences of your bad choices. Because obviously you're not listening to me, you're not getting through, so I'm gonna let you make this bed and you're gonna have to lie in it. 
You're going to have to deal with these consequences of these bad decisions. Sometimes as parents, that's the way we have to parent our children. We have to let them make these mistakes and then deal with the consequences so that they learn from them. This is the same thing that Paul says that God does. We made bad choices, so God finally says, okay, I'm going to release you to those bad choices. You, you've hardened your heart against me. You've done things that I told you not to do. You're not listening to me, even though I've sent you many warnings. I've talked to you. I've sent the prophets. I've showed you signs and wonders. You're still trying to do your own thing, so have at it. And God releases his hand and says, you guys, now I'm releasing my presence from you. I'm taking it back from you. And now live your life how you want to live it. And we did. And we did it in rebellion. And what happened then? God releases us to our own desires. And something happens right here. Step three, then we experience death. We experience dysfunction. We experience disaster because our ways are stupidity. Our ways, we don't know. We think we know, but our ways lead to selfish desires. Our ways lead to perversion. Our ways lead to great danger. Our ways lead to family dysfunction, relationship dysfunction. Our ways lead to death. Our ways put ourselves in disaster situations. Aren't you glad you came to church today? I thought this is going to be good news. I'm getting there. Okay, hang on. But he lays out the bad news first. He goes, we abandoned God and God let us go. And look where we're at. All this evil has come now into the world and into your life because you've been doing things you're on your own. And now you have suffered a spiritual death to the point God released you and he pulled back his presence. Now we're on our own. Now we're spiritually dead. And now we have all this dysfunction happening in our lives. But then he says, but, then Paul says, but there's good news. There's really, really good news. Now, let's get to the good news. The good news is this. Number one, God accepts you. God accepts you. Look at Romans 3, 21 and 22 says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without trying to keep all these requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. He goes, we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, and look at this last line, no matter who we are. That's really, really good news. That means whether I've got one sin or I've sinned a million times, whether I've done what I thought was a really light sin or I've sinned some of the worst sins imaginable, we all have a way out and that's the good news that God accepts us anyway. And he gave his son and his son will make us right when we surrender to his son. That's really, really good news. God accepts you. Sometimes we think, you know what, man, I've got to clean up first and then I'll come to God. I've got to change some things. I've got to change my life and then I'll give my life to Jesus. No, no, no. The Bible says whether you have one sin or you have a million, we're all guilty. We don't, there's nothing we can do to clean up to come to God. There's, there's nothing we can change that makes us worthy to come to God. We come just as we are, filthy rag all of our sin we come and say God here I am and the good news is he will accept us and he will forgive us and he will make us right before God no matter who you are 
He will do that. God accepts you. So what's my response now? My response is this, number two, you accept God's gift. So God accepts you, and now you gotta accept him, his free gift of salvation. Romans 3, 26, for he was looking ahead, including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So this is an exciting thing, that God does this, that God accepts us, and we gotta accept him. And once we accept him, he says that then we, because of Jesus, we are made right, accounted, some versions say accounted to us righteousness. What that means is simply this, in my bank account, and your spiritual bank account, it's empty. All I have in there is sin. But Jesus' bank account is full of the blood of Jesus. And it's holy and it's righteous. And it says, when I believe in Jesus, that God trans makes a transfer into my account, the blood of Jesus, and now my account looks holy, my account looks right before God, and God takes my sin and puts it in his son's account, and his son took it to the cross. I am made right before God. Isn't that pretty cool? That's really, really good news. I didn't earn forgiveness. I can't be that good. God in his grace and his mercy, the good news is this. No matter how much you've blown it in your life, the good news is that Jesus accepts you. If you'll just believe in what he did on the cross, he will transfer you into right standing with the Father. That's really, really good news. It's the good news of the gospel. God transfers it then. That should lead to the good news is this, it leads to a new life. This leads to a new life. The Bible says that when through Jesus that the power of sin has been broken in our life. Now it doesn't mean we won't ever sin. It doesn't mean we won't make mistakes, but it does mean this, that God has given me power over any sin in my life, and if I wanna walk in that power, I can walk in dominion over the things that used to have control of me. Now I can walk above those things. That's really good news. The, the role is reversed now. Now I've been given power through the blood of Jesus over the power of sin in my life. That's really good news. I've been given a new hope. That's really good news. I was once doomed, now I'm found. That's a new hope. There's a new fruit. Paul says you're gonna, you're gonna have this new fruit. It's gonna come out of your life. It's gonna be really awesome. You're gonna love differently. You're gonna have a new peace. There's this new fruit that's gonna come out of your life. It's a new life. Romans communicates, apart from God, we are doomed and we have no hope. Some people come to church looking for a tune-up. I'm just going to church to get a spiritual tune-up. And we, we come in and we feel good. And we, ah, oh man, I needed that. I, boy, I needed the worship service. Boy, they were singing my song today and I feel so good. And I'm getting, I'm getting a spiritual tune-up. The problem is this, is that what we don't realize, we don't, we don't need a spiritual tune-up. We need a new engine. We need a new engine. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can accept and walk in the good news. The good news is this. God will give you a new engine. God will give you a new heart. He doesn't want to just give you a tune-up. He wants to give you a brand new engine. 
with more power, more torque. Come on now. He wants to give you more power. Stop coming in for a tune-up and get that new engine. How does that happen when I accept the good news of the gospel? When I accept the good news fully, that I give my life to it. He accepts me. I accept him fully. Listen, can I just be really honest with you? Sometimes in church, we can chase a feeling. Sometimes in church, we can, we can chase a feeling. We want to we feel a certain way. We want to feel things a certain way. And there's nothing wrong with that because when the Spirit of the Lord's there, you're going to feel things, okay? So I'm not saying that is wrong. But what I'm telling you is this. We need more than a feeling. We need redemption. That's where it's at. I don't want you to come to church and leave here feeling good and not being redeemed because then we've missed the point. The point is the good news. God offers redemption for those who give their life to him. Every one of us, whether we have one sin or a million, we've all got to accept the good news. I I haven't been that good. You're right, you haven't, and neither have I. That's why it's called grace. That's why it's called the free gift of salvation. We never are good enough. And people have a hard time wrapping their mind around that. That just makes no sense. Why would God, I got I to gotta get better first. No, you don't. Because you don't have the power to get better on your own. So you come to God as you are right now. God, you accept me and I accept your free gift. And then that begins to start a rebuilding of my engine that I have the power now to overcome addiction. Power now to overcome failures in my life. And powers that even when I do fail, I get back up and keep walking straight ahead. That's the good news. And it's really, really good news. See, it's important that we understand the bad news first. It's really important. We must realize I am, I am lost without Jesus. My life is lost without, I need to understand there's some bad news that my life without Jesus, I'm headed to hell. I need to know there's some really bad news out there. My life's a wreck without Jesus. I need to know the really bad news that I can never do it on my own. That's really bad news. Why? Because the more I understand how bad my life is, the more I can appreciate the good news. And the good news is this, no matter how bad my life is, Jesus has provided the way out. That's the good news. The good news, the more I understand the bad news, the more I can appreciate and thrive with the good news of the gospel. We got to know it. The good news is no matter how bad I've been, no matter how much I've failed, that Jesus gives me redemption. See, we got to admit the bad news and we got to accept the good news. So I admit it. Yeah, my life, my life is lost without Jesus. The bad news is I'm lost without Jesus. You're lost without Jesus. But the good news is this. I accept the good news is that I have been redeemed through my relationship with Jesus. The good news through Jesus. Look at this. The good news is through Jesus. The bad news can't destroy my life. So when I have a grasp of the good news, I can hear bad news and it doesn't affect me the way it used to. Why? Because Jesus has the final say-so in my life. It's going to get bad. It may get bad, but I know what? I win (laughs) because I'm already connected to the winning team. That's the good news. The good news. You got to understand it. You got to believe it. You got to have it in your life. We need to learn 
to be the good news. So we have to accept the good news, and number two, we gotta learn to be the good news. If the good news is true, then it should change how we live. If this is really true, if the bad news is bad and the good news is good and I've received the good news over the bad news, then it should change how I live my life. Let me put it in some more plain English for you, okay? Maybe you don't feel confident enough to go out there and start sharing the good news yet. But let let me just say this to you. By all means, at least live it, okay? At least live like your life's been changed. At least live your life like you've received good news. That means there's some things I can do in my life that aren't necessarily wrong, but are they pointing to the good news? Are you following me? There's some things in my life I could do that doesn't mean they're necessarily wrong because God's covered me with his grace, but are they pointing people to the good news in my life? My life's been changed. I can't talk like everybody else. I can't do what everybody else does at that party. I can't do what I used to do. I can't, why? Because I've received the good news in my life. It has changed me. It's changed me. It's a response by my life. You've, I've used a story before, and I think it really fits here. You remember, I told you a story about early on when I started the church that I was in line at the store, and a cashier opened up a new line, and he looked at me and waved me on to come over, and I was like, yes, Lord, this is my day. And I get over to get it in the front of the line, and right when I get to the front, somebody else sees it opening up and comes in through the front of the line and comes in this way. Now, first of all, we all know that's backwards. You don't do that. You don't go to the store and start cutting in the front of the line you, when there's a big line. You go in the back like everybody else. So you know me. I'm like, all right, I just started the church. I don't want to do anything to reflect bad. So I'm like, go right ahead. I bite my tongue, even though I wanted to give them a lecture, you know. I bit my tongue. I just go right ahead, you know. If you're in such a big hurry, God bless you. And I'm holding my cart. And I'm holding my tongue. And then I read their shirt, and it talks about the church they go to. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to teach this person a lesson. So I said, you know what? If that's the way people at your church act, I don't want to ever go to your church. I know that was really hard, but I was a much younger pastor then. That was really hard, okay? And I made a vow. I was never going to give you guys T-shirts until you, I knew you I could trust you to act right in public. So now we give away a lot of t-shirts, but we waited about 10 years before we gave away the t-shirts, okay? What I'm saying is it's important that we live it. We just, just live it. Just live it. Smile. Be kind. Tip. Okay, all right, give up. You know what I'm Live it. Quit making us all look bad. All right. Someone said, Pastor Gene's preaching at me this morning. Okay, all right. And the last thing, we got to live it. We got to accept it, be good. And what else happens? We got to share the good news. We got to share the good news. It's important that we share it. Why is it important that we share it? Because there's people all around us that need the good news. Anyone ever used a life jacket before? You know what this is? This is a life jacket. 
And this is the awesome thing is this, that I once was lost in my sin. I was once drowning in my sin. And then the good news, the good news was thrown out to me and I accepted it and it saved me from drowning. I was drowning in the bad news. I was drowning that I was selfish. I was drowning that my life had no meaning or purpose. I was drowning that I was trying to do my own thing and it brought me zero happiness. I was drowning. And when I received that lifeline, God began to change my life. And for many of us here, the sad thing is this, we received that good news. It saved our life. But we'll leave church today and we'll go through our schools this week in our neighborhoods. We'll go through our shopping experience. And we'll walk around like this, full of the good news, full of life jackets. And we're in the boat that God provided the way out. And we're in that boat full of life jackets. And around us, people are drowning. Around us, people are drowning in the bad news. People are hurting in the bad news. People have no hope and their lives are doomed. And all we got to do is share the good news. Just share the good news. Share the good news with people. My life was doomed, but now it's got purpose. My life has been changed, and your life can change as well. You can't make them put it on, but you can sure throw it to them. We have a responsibility. I accept the good news. I become the good news, and I share the good news. That's what God's called us to do. Share the good news. I'm going to close with this story. I read this story the other day. It really touched my heart about a man who his wife had been put on hospice care. And after she died, everybody in the neighborhood had heard about it, that she had died that day. And so that evening, one of the neighbors saw the man walk out of his house during the middle of the night. And he said, I just had to get out of the house. I had, I had to walk. I had to go clear my mind. I had to just go be alone with my thoughts. And so I started walking around the block. And I noticed this guy's following me. And he's not trying to catch up with me. He's just, he just following me. And I walked around to a place where I could go out to a lake that was near our house. And I walked ashore of the lake. And so I looked around. This guy was following me. And when I sat down to be alone with my thoughts, this guy sat down a ways back from me, but he just sat there and stared at me the whole night. He goes, I sit out there all night and I, I cried. I was mourning and I was just trying to come to my own thoughts. He goes, I didn't know the Lord. So my mind was going crazy and I just had to be alone. And the whole time, this guy never left me. He's just like right behind me sitting down as well. And when the sun came up and I finally stood up, he came up behind me and he put his arm around me and said, hey, let's, let's go get some coffee. A man that followed him all night, stayed out with him all night long just to make sure he was, let the guy know he wasn't alone. Just to make sure the guy knew he wasn't alone. And the guy goes on to tell later on, he goes, I, I was so touched and moved by that. 
I decided I wanted to go to church, but not just any church. I wanted to go to his church because anybody that would train somebody up to follow me around all night and keep an eye on me without doing anything or trying to say anything, but just be there, he goes, I, I can get behind a God who teaches people to do that. And the guy ended up giving his life to Jesus because of that one simple act of someone just being, being Jesus, just being the good news. I wonder how many people we could affect if we just learn to be the good news and to share the good news. Let's bow our heads. It all starts with giving your life to Jesus. It all starts with have you given your life fully to Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna ask you that question today. Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you fully given your life to, that's where it starts at. We don't need to tune up. We don't need to feel good. We need redemption. I gotta get a new heart, new engine. And the beautiful thing is this, is that all we have to do is accept that God accepts us. Accept that he died on the cross for my sins. That's where it starts at right there. So it's the most important question you've ever been asked in your life. Have you received the good news of the gospel of Jesus. That he died for your sins, he was rose again, and today he wants to bring forgiveness to your life. If that's you, say, Pastor, I'm ready to do that. We won't do anything to single you out. We're not gonna embarrass you, I promise you. And nobody's looking but me right now. So if that's you, you're ready to surrender your life. Just raise your hand where I can say it. Say, Pastor, it's me, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Let me see that hand, thank you, thank you. Anybody else, thank you, yeah. One more time, if you haven't raised it, I want you to raise it right now. It's the last time I'm gonna ask you to say, I'm ready. Let's raise your hand where you're at. Thank you, I see those hands. If you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer with me. Repeat it after me out loud. As Christians around you, we'll help you along as well. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, accepting the good news for the first time, we say, welcome to the family, God. Come on, give him a hand clap.